This is the Morning Rush. Coming up on today's show, we'll see how the O's, Bucks, and Nats fared yesterday. And I'll give you uh, one guess uh, how that turned out. The college football preseason coaches poll was released yesterday. And I'll give you one guess how that turned out. We'll hear from uh, Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban after Luka signed a massive monster uh, Supermax rookie extension. And, uh, well, whatever else we come up with. I don't know. We'll figure it out as uh, we go. All that and more coming up in the next uh, two hours of the show. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off this Wednesday hump day morning. Mike, welcome back. Thank you. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm sorry I couldn't be here yesterday, but I'm... I'm certainly happy to be back and understood you had some more important issues, uh, yeah. things well, to take care of. Yeah, it was, they were pretty important yeah. and so far so good. Knock on wood, everything's going pretty well. So we're hoping to, for a better day today and, and even a better day tomorrow. We'll just take it one at a time, but everything went pretty well. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll go better today. So right. I appreciate that and appreciate the uh, time off yesterday, and uh, I'm very happy to be back and part of the Tony C. Over America farewell tour. <laughs> I uh, I get no uh, farewell tour. I get no farewell anything, actually. I just uh, made some hamburgers and hot dogs on Friday. That's about it. I didn't even want, and look here, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, as I announced earlier in the week, uh, I am leaving. Friday is my last day. Uh, sh- not just the show, but just radio in general. I am just getting on my horse and riding off into the sunset. Going to do something else in my yeah. life. I'm not quite sure what it is yet. Speaking of that horse, it's making a mess in the parking lot right now. <laughs> I had a park on the other Good. side. Good. <laughs> I, I had a park over to Advance Auto. Yeah. <laughs> Let somebody else shuffle the crap for a change around here. But no, I am leaving, and so we are just winding down. I mean, three, uh, three more shows left, and I didn't want. To, there's a habit around here, like somebody leaves, they kind of throw them a little, you know, a little going away, whatever. That's what they used to do at the Times News until I left. <laughs> they held a door open for you. Yeah, I didn't get a slice of pizza. <laughs> I didn't want anything. What well, was thirty six years, right? Yeah, <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want anything. Uh, I just I just wanted to do my last day and then leave. That's just kind of guy I am. Just, I just wanted to be done. Uh, but there is already like this staff cookout scheduled for Friday before uh, they knew I was leaving. So it just kind of coincided. So just you know by sheer luck or whatever you want to call it, there will be something on Friday. I didn't want one, but there it is. Uh, again, I just wanted. I don't want the you know. I just. I'm not good with goodbyes and all that kind of stuff, so I just wanted to finish up Friday and roll out the side door. But uh, such is not the case. Yeah. It'll be okay either way, I suppose. Ne- never goodbye, always so long. Always so long. We'll see you later. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, several ways to get involved on the show, as always. Uh, we'll run them down for you here. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, my page, at Rush Tony C. That's the letter C, not the word. Mike's uh, Twitter page at Mike Burke MDT on Facebook at WCMD Cumberland Radio. Rush line is open as always 
301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. Those chances are dwindling. Only three days left. 301-759-2628. And, of course, our podcast page on the free Podbean app. Uh, We upload every show every day, minus commercials. So if you missed anything that the venerable one and I talk about today or any other day, you can check it out on the podcast page. All right, uh, let's kick off today's show as we kick off every single show with a rock around the region. I want to rock! And we will start with Major League Baseball, where the Pirates were trying to snap a five-game losing streak as they hosted the Cardinals. The infield, at double play depth as Bader pops one and a short center, a base hit. With the infield moved in some, that's a hit, and Arnato scores, stopping at second, Molina. The Cardinals have a 4-1 to lead, and Harrison Bader comes through with his 28th RBI. The call on the Cardinals radio network, 4-1 the final as the Cards take the first of the three-game series. Hoy Park hit a solo home run for the Pirates, his first major league homer, and it was the only hit of the game for Pittsburgh. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One damn hit. You can't say damn on the air. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. (laughs) Old Harry Doyle. Old Harry. You can't go wrong with Harry Doyle. Yes, one hit. J.A. Happ and three relievers combined on the one hitter for St. Louis. Pirates have now lost uh, six straight games and 16 of 21. Elsewhere, the Orioles hosted the Tigers for the first game of their three-game set. And they, too, were trying to snap a five-game skid, and they, too, uh, did not. 1-2 to Castro. Line to right center field. That's up the gap. Cabrera will score. Goodrum is being waved home, and he will score. Arias dropped it, and Willie Castro motors all the way to third. That call on the Bally Sports Detroit. I can't get used to the whole Bally Sports thing. It used to be, uh, I think it was Fox Sports or whatever. Now it's Bally Sports. But anyway. Uh, nine for the final. Tigers get the win after the team sat through nearly a two-hour rain delay. Uh, Willie Castro doubled, tripled, and drove in three runs for Detroit. Anthony Santander hit two solo homers, and DJ Stewart had a solo shot uh, for the O's, who, of course, have lost six straight. And in New York, the Nationals jumped up on the Mets 3-1 in the first inning on the strength of a three-run homer by Juan Soto, and that's where the game was stopped. Because of rain, uh, they will continue the game today in the second inning at 4-10 and then play the regularly scheduled game after that. The first game will remain a nine-inning game, but the second game, because of MLB's pandemic rules, will be shortened to seven innings. You figure it out because I can't. Well, but now that's really not looking that stupid. Given what's happening, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, now it's starting to change around. All the knuckleheads that live here. We just just talked about that. And in high school golf, Mountain Ridge is holding tryouts this morning. Well, what time? Nine o'clock. We can get up there. (laughs) I don't know if we have any eligibility left. I know I don't. Plus, I'm not a good golfer. Uh, Any interested golfers there at Mountain Ridge, uh, they're meeting in the student parking lot. So there you go. That is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by uh, the Cap Rally Group. So. Mike, you and I, we've uh, talked before. Yes. About <laughs> several times, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, about, you know, being an <laughs> Orioles fan and Pirates uh-huh. fan and watching, you know, bad baseball. And sometimes, and you even wrote a column about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about your new one here uh, later on. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, we talked. You, you wrote about hey, just enjoy the game. Yeah, the teams might be bad, but you know, just enjoy the game. It's getting harder and harder to just enjoy the game when we're talking about the Pirates and the Orioles because they just seem they just seem to get worse and worse mm. uh, as the season painstakingly uh, moves on. Yeah, th- these are the dog days, and even for good teams. Uh, fortunately, the two-hour rain delay prevented me from seeing that last night. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, you know, didn't even try. try and fool myself. Didn't even try, right. But, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't really watched given well, they were off Monday. And, right. And uh, we-, we watched Sunday at a local public house, and uh, – you know, they played a really good game through six and a half innings. And then you just sensed it that the bullpen was going to serve right. up about eight runs to Tampa, who's a terrific team anyway. Right. And uh, that's exactly what happened. And uh, it, it, it's it, even given the circumstances, sure, yeah, it, it, it grinds you down into a fine powder, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I see Buster Olney, who I, I like very much, sure. uh, dating back from his time at the Baltimore Sun when he was the Orioles beat writer. Oh, I, I, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, Dustin, or uh, shoot, isn't that terrible? Buster Olney, Buster. and uh, before him, uh, Tim Kirkshin. They were the Orioles beat writers oh, for the okay. Baltimore All Sun. Right. I did not realize and that. And then Tim went to the Washington Post for a while and then to Sports Illustrated and now ESPN, ESPN stardom, right? yeah. And, well, Buster does a great job, too. However, uh, the, the, Buster wrote this column uh, that I, I took slight issue with about the Orioles and the, the rebuild, and he, he just flat out says it's tanking. And, you know, there's one of these columns every year about a team in this situation. Right. And uh, this it's the Orioles' turn, and the, he cited since 2018, they've lost over 100 games each time. They're on pace to lose 106 this year, and uh, which, by the way, would be an improvement over the last full season they played. <laughs> right. He failed to mention that. But what he, where he, I thought he erred was 2018 was not part of this project. Uh, that was a team that uh, uh, the pitcher the Orioles got from Tampa. He's now with the Angels. His name escapes me. 17-game winner, 18-game winner. You know, they signed him as a free agent beginning of that year, mm-hmm. as Buck Showalter's last season, as it turns out. You know, they still wanted to make a run for it, and that, and Duquette was still the general manager, and it just bellied up and bottomed out, and it was it was, it was was a more uh, disheartening and difficult season to watch than this one has been. Uh, and then the, the rebuild actually started in 2019 right. with Mike Elias, who came from Houston? Who did the who same did thing? Who did the same thing, right. and who these the same article was written about at some point by somebody about tanking games. Right. Right. And I, I I think there's a fine line between tanking games. Uh, what the 2018 Orioles did, I think, was just tank. They threw in the towel because uh, they had nowhere to go. They had no direction. Now, the the team that uh, Elias has put on the field, I think he could have done a better job the last two years to make them more competitive. Right. But uh, that could be construed as tanking. I don't think anybody in uniform is tanking. Certainly when you watch Brandon Hyde die a million painful deaths every night, <laughs> he isn't tanking. 
And uh, there's a difference between tanking and just not being very good. And since, you know, dating back to the Kansas City Royals, to the uh, Houston Oilers, Oilers, Astros. <laughs> and uh, the, the Oilers Sh- probably tanked too at some point. And the Chicago Cubs. Right, right. Th- this has been uh, become a part of the, the current culture. The blueprint has been established. And so it's just the Orioles' turn. They're doing it. And the Tigers are going to be doing it. Uh, the Pirates, we think they're doing it. And uh, that's just the way it is now because of the money. And there's, it, can, it allows you to control more money for more people for a longer time. And uh, I just think Buster, who I like and admire and respect very much, I just think he needed a column the other day. And had to, had, to, fill, had to fill yeah. some inches. Right, absolutely. Well, look, Pirates and O's, as I said, they're both – they've lost six in a row. And – the numbers are just as bad as you would expect from these two teams. And if I may add, too, yeah. the Washington Nationals just traded 30% of right. their major exactly. league roster. Why, why aren't they tanking? Uh-huh. They basically punted on the entire season by doing that. How come they're not Well, they were still in contention. Exactly. They were, what, six, seven games out at that point? Uh, where you thought, Not even that much. Yeah. Right. And we thought that they would actually make a, you know, they'd be buyers at the deadline and make a push, and they went to That, to me, is more of a quote-unquote, tank job yes, than what the Orioles are doing. I agree with that. Uh, but, yeah, so you look at these losing streaks. Uh, the Pirates uh, lost six in a row. They've been outscored 39-12. to 12. All right? That's 12 runs in six games. And you don't have to be a math whiz, Lord knows I am not, to figure out that's two runs a game over the six-game losing streak. You're not going to beat many people with two runs a game. Can you say that on the radio? What's that? Math whiz? I was making fun of Harry Doyle. Oh. <laughs> the Orioles, again, have lost six straight. And then this, I didn't realize this until this morning. Oh, it's, it's worse than that. Uh, the Pirates can't score runs during their losing streak. The Orioles can't stop anybody no. from scoring runs. They have allowed at least nine runs in all six losses. Yeah. 13, 10, 10, 12, 9, and 9. They have been outscored during this skid 63 to 23. That's a 40 run differential. The last team, oh, by the way, to allow at least nine runs in six straight games was uh, Kansas City. You already mentioned the Royals uh, in September of 2002. So it's been a long time mm-hmm. since somebody's done that. And if uh, memory serves, I, I, I glossed over it this morning as I was reading the story. I want to say it's during this losing streak. The Orioles have allowed 24 runs in the eighth inning alone. Oh, yeah. 24 runs in the eighth inning, <laughs> which goes to show, as you've already mentioned, just how much their bullpen is in absolute shambles. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Sunday, for instance, it was 5-1. to one. Uh, uh, The seventh, Tampa got two back. All right, they held on, did a nice job to limit it to 5-3. to three. But you just knew. Yeah, you felt it coming. The eighth it was only yeah, – they scored so, six. Did they not in that eighth inning? Was it five or six? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. uh, Phillips hit the grand slam. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they scored six runs in that eighth inning. 24 runs in the eighth inning. Nine-five. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore, 30 games behind first place Tampa in the AL East. Their uh, minus 171 run differential is second worst in all of baseball. The only team that's worse – you guessed it, 
the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are a minus 178 in run differential. Bucks are 26 and a half games out of first place in the Central. So the Orioles and Pirates combined are 56 and a half games out of first place. And you know, kind of glad I'm leaving after this week. Because, so I never have to talk about these two teams again. Now, I mean, unless, obviously, if, you know, if it's over in an adult beverage at a local watering hole, I'd be more than happy to talk about these two teams. But it's diff- not only is it difficult to watch, it's difficult to talk about these two teams. It's difficult to shed any kind of positive light. And we've tried in the past. We've made that attempt about I mean, the Orioles and may have some key you know, young players sure. in place. And you, you try to, you know, oh, look what they did to the trade deadline and their stockpile on the, uh, the minor leagues and blah, 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 blah. But man, again, it's when you when you do you try to tune in, and I said this, I think it was Monday show. Over the weekend, they got Pirates got swept by the Reds in four games, that four game series. On that Thursday and Friday, back to back nights, I turned the game on, the games on, and both games it was seven nothing in the second inning. Mm. Uh, so it's just like, all right, well, thank you for freeing up the rest of my evening. There's no really no sense. And watching it after now, now last night the Pirates were competitive for a while. Stephen Brault pitched okay, he gave up two runs in five innings. Mm-hmm. As uh, manager Shelt- Derek Shelton said, he pitched well enough to give us a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Problem is, only got one hit. Yeah. So their offense, obviously a problem. Uh, I guess the one silver lining was Hoy Park, who the Pirates got from the Yankees in the uh, Clay Holmes trade. His name's Hoity. Hoy. Hoy Park, H-O-H-O-Y, Hoy Park, uh, 25 years old. Oh, okay. Left-hand hitter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you remember him. You recall. Yeah. From, uh, I do believe, uh, he came from the Korean League. Okay. And so the Pirates are giving him a lot of playing time right now. And he's really making the most of it. He's actually, he's been impressive. He he had a good game that I watched last week in Milwaukee. Yeah. Day game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, last night he hits his first career uh, home run, which, if not for that, they would have they would have gotten no hit last yeah. night. But uh, so there's a silver lining for you. He's playing well, and I guess that's what this all just breaks down to is when you have a team like the O's or the Bucks or whoever. Now you're just going to see them plug them different players in different spots. Now they're 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 playing for next year already. You know they're playing to see who they might decide to keep for next year or DFA or, or whatever. So, again, I guess if you're looking for a reason to watch, that's a reason to see who performs well down the stretch here for next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that they really they both have been playing for next year. <laughs> Before the season the started. Right, right. Because of what they're doing. Right. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it just depends on if the Orioles have their A bullpen and in place and if they're effective. Because, again, they, they can be very competitive because they can put runs on the board. Yeah. They can score. And, uh, yeah, it, it's the dog days. And I guess, I, you know, I was always a baseball snob, and I would never <laughs> would say this. But, but, of course, Baltimore didn't have a, a football team in the longest time. But I used to make fun of Pirates fans. It's like, oh, boy, you're getting ready for training camp, huh? <laughs> and – uh so, but I, you know, understand that little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, but uh, I, I'm still going to watch. I'm, 
I'm going to go visit somebody this afternoon after I exercise, and then I'm going to find a day game, and I'm going to watch it. And, of course, I don't think – I think the, both of the teams we're talking about play tonight, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they're evening games. Uh, you know, and look, again, I'll, I'll still watch. I, I will not watch as intently as I have been mm-hmm. doing this job. I'll still pay attention. It'll make for some good background noise. Well, you might you might enjoy it more. Seriously. Oh, no, I will. And I I, because I said that earlier in the week. Where, where my station in life has taken me. Like I said, I mean, other than, other than you know, little sea shoving off, I mean, you're just going to – that day I walked out of there without so much as a slice of pizza <laughs> is the most liberating day of my life. Yeah, and I, you know – I, I said as much, it might have been Monday, Tuesday, I can't remember. It's all running together now. That it'll be fun. Whenever the enjoyment, I'm looking at this ceiling. I'm trying to catch my, I'm trying to get my thought, Mike. I look okay. up at the ceiling and I'm trying to, you know, put I my know. words, uh, you know, in proper order. Um, when you, when sports is your job, when you work, you don't enjoy them as much. This is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, sports has been my job mm-hmm. for a very long time, as yours was at the Times News for, mm-hmm. you know, 30-plus years. And so you don't get to enjoy it because you're constantly – it's constantly work. Even if I'm at home and I'm watching a game, Pirates – You're always whatever, working. You're always working because you're you, – you know, i got to talk about it tomorrow. So as you're watching the game, either you're taking notes or you're, you're formulating an opinion, something to say the next day. And it grinds on you after a while. It takes the enjoyment out of sports, which is, you know, uh, really the, the only reason to watch is to enjoy the game, as, as we've said before. So, yeah, it's going to be liberating, as you said, to wake up Monday after watching whatever I do this weekend and just not have to talk about it. Just enjoy it. Well, it's like uh, the great late Jim Rafosco used to say, you know, you could just feel that screw tightening in, in your neck and uh yeah you know, now it's time to get the screw out yeah yeah and move on to uh move on to something else and just go back to now I, I told the story before about uh attending that that frankfurt high school football yeah. game and there was no job attached to it and it had been the first one that i have seen simply as a fan in years and it was just like i was i'd watched uh it was my first high school game I ever watched in my entire life it was just fun to sit there and watch with not nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, now am I going to miss it? Yeah, to an extent, but certainly not. Certainly not enough to keep on doing. Let's put it that way. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. What's that? I understand. Oh, okay. I thought you said that was a shame, which it isn't really. Because I even said that. I mentioned that yesterday uh, during yesterday's show. People were asking me, "Well, you know, are you are you going to miss it?" No. If I was going to miss it, I wouldn't be leaving. <laughs> if, if, if I cared about it enough and loved it enough that I'd miss it, I'd, just, I'd be, still be sticking around. It's simply just time to move on and do something else. Yeah, that's it. I'll join, uh, Mr., I'll join the venerable one down in the uh, local public house. That's right. Uh, it's not a matter of uh, not loving it. You always love it. You always take up for the profession, too. Right. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, uh, you know, when I hear people rip the Times News or knock it, it's like, well, you know, you know, it's been it'll be two years next month that I've been out of the, okay. the newspaper okay. business, and uh, it's like, well, you clearly have no clue 
<laughs> what you're talking about. You don't even suspect. No. You know, that's always going to be part of you, and you'll always uh, guard the profession and Absolutely. The, the craft. And uh, it's just, like you say, time to do something else. Yeah, time. Everything has an expiration date. You know, everything has a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, uh, well, my radio career has come to an end. I say that now. Who knows what's going to happen? I could be back here in a year from now. I don't know. I've well, walked away worry from about it then. Oh, hold on. Caller, hold on. We're going to go to break. But, uh, all right, let's go to the phone lines. It's, uh, we'll worry about the break later. Because okay. I can do what I want to. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can decide when we go to break when we don't go to break. So let's go to the rush line, 301 759 uh, two six two eight. You're up. Who's this? Hey, buddy. It's Coach Whiteman. Oh, hey, Whitey. What's going on, Coach? Listen, I'm just sitting here listening to you guys, and I just wanted to call and tell you that you both of you have been the best at what you do. You're very good at what you do, and just from my angle, I appreciate all that you guys, both of you, have done for me and for Frankfurt High School, for Frankfurt football over the years. And uh, that miss Mike being at the Times News, going to miss you being on this show. But I just had to tell you guys, you've done a wonderful, wonderful job with your jobs. Well, thank you, Coach. Well, Coach, I appreciate that. And let me. You don't do so bad yourself. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Let me tell you, Coach, and I'm not blowing smoke because I don't blow smoke. Uh, Coaches like you make our jobs easier because you have always been accessible. You have always been right there. If I ask you to come on the show, you're right there. If I ask you for an interview, you're right there. Always good for a quote. Always willing to talk about your teams and you love your teams, you love your players. So, and trust me, I, I think I can speak for Mike too. We've come across coaches who were the complete opposite of that, which made our lives difficult. But coaches like you, uh, you haven't. So I thank you for making my job easier. How about that? That means a lot to me, and I try to be that that way all the time. And but you guys uh, sitting here listening to you, it's uh, you just you, you've done a wonderful job, and uh, definitely we, we'll be missed. And I know Mike's missed at the Times News, and but you know time time comes where you got to move on, and uh, that's what you're choosing to do, and you'll uh, you'll tear up whatever you're going to get into next. I'm sure. Well, I'll do my best. Uh, and well, you know, I'm not going far, coach. You know, I'm still going to be there in the basketball court uh, come the winter time. So you're going to be seeing, you know, more than maybe more than me now that you, <laughs> that you have in the past couple of years. So that's right. So, uh, but I, I, I appreciate the call, coach. Again, I appreciate you coming on uh, every single week during football season, and again, being accessible and and making this job uh, easy for me. So, and I appreciate the kind words as well. Have a good day. Love both of you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, Thanks, Coach. Kevin. You're the best, buddy. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I'll see you guys. Bye-bye. All right. All right. There he is. Kevin Whiteman, Frankfurt football coach, checking in. Good as they, It's true. It's true. And as, as much as we appreciate the kind words, what I just said there is the absolute truth. Uh, coaches like Coach Whiteman do make this job easier mm-hmm. because I can, you know, I can tell stories. Mike, I'm sure you could tell stories about coaches who were, uh, for lack of a better word, difficult over the years. Yeah, when we had a project or a story or anything that involved Frankfurt football, I mean, it just it, it wrote itself because of Kevin and the cooperation of him and his staff. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And, 
Actually, you go back even before Coach Whiteman, even Coach Lance. Yeah. He was always, uh, you know, good for a quote. He was oh, yeah. always he was always good uh, for a story. So, oh yeah. So That's I true. did, you know. Uh, the, I'll those... go back to Coach Fazalor. Frankfurt's always been the easiest school to work with. I think. Well, how about that? So I don't go that far back, but I'll take your word for it. Take your word for it. All right, here we go. So now it's time. Now it's time for a break. But Coach Whiteman, you will be missed. And I'll I'll probably see Whitey sometime. Next week, as I'm walking the track uh, during football practice. Right. All right, time for a break. We got news and weather coming up. When we come back, I don't know. We'll talk about something. <laughs> I'm going to get Mike's thoughts about uh, some things I talked about on yesterday's show. So stick around for that. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the morning rush. We were talking off the air uh, about. You know, coaches like Coach Whiteman, who over the years, you know, always very accessible and uh, kind of made our jobs easier. And one thing I've always said, and, and look, I've been in, in the media in some way, shape, or form since 95. Uh, you spent 30, what was it, 36 years at Times News? Uh, yeah. 35, 36? 36. So we've definitely run across our share of coaches over the last almost four decades. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, and I've always said this, uh, there are some coaches who know how to play the game. And there are some coaches who don't know how to play the game. And then you added to that, there are some coaches who just won't play the game. And I never really thought about that, but you're right. There are some coaches who just don't care. Yep. They don't care to deal with the likes of us uh, in the media. Which was fine with me, too. Well, yeah, because that, in a way, that made our jobs easier, so we just didn't worry about yep. it. Just didn't worry about it. And I'm, people, I, I honestly remember people asking, well, how come you give – how come you would give this team a little more coverage than this team, or how much you had, or why, why would why did you have more to say about this person than that person? Well, because this person gave me more to talk about or to write about. If you have a coach over here who wasn't accessible and didn't really want to give you the time of day, well, then that worked both ways, and you simply just give him time. You just you did the bare minimum for that coach because that's what he was giving you. At least that's the way I approached it. I don't know about you. I, I give you an example of that, but a good example, Gary Noose, when he was the head coach of Bishop Walsh. Okay. Okay. He, he like when you would he would don't get me wrong, Gary just doesn't play games in any way, shape, or form and in any walk of life. Gary's as subtle as a Jack Dempsey punch. <laughs> I mean it, but in, in a good way. He's a good man. Sure. But uh like after a game, for instance, like uh, preview stuff, he gave you everything you needed. He was great. But, like, after a game, you go up and ask him a question, unless he really had something on his mind, he said, hey, man, it's not mine, it's theirs. Go talk to them. He always made all his kids accessible. Oh, and, okay. okay. In a lot of ways, that was better. You know? Sure, if you can find kids to actually talk. That was difficult. Oh, well, you know. The high school kids were you, difficult. You get kids end. started, they, they like to right, talk. Right, You know, so uh, you give them something to say. I mean, you, you you give him a question to answer, but uh, yeah. So I mean, Gary just didn't play any games. He put his cards on the table. Some some a lot of guys, or not a lot, but a lot of folks uh, just wouldn't play the game in, in a not a you know a, a pleasant way or <laughs> manner. And uh, again, I, I respect your your stuff. Right. I almost said a Richard Pryor word. <laughs> Yeah, you know, however you want, however you want to do this, I can do it because yeah. I've been doing this for a while. Right, you know, right. I'm not going to sweat it. I and mean, ultimately, it's 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 your program. They're your kids. 
I always thought, and I, and I look at this now from the coach's point of view, you want to shed the best light you can on your program and kids. And, and look, some coaches weren't accessible because that's just how they were. They were just they were antisocial. That was it wasn't like they were doing it on purpose, right? To be you know nasty or whatever. They just didn't feel comfortable, you know, talking into a microphone or back in our days, a little, little tape recorder or whatever we used back in the day. That's just the way they were pencil. personally. A pen, <laughs> the old pencil, old pencil to pad, right? There you go. Way, way back in the day. Um, but you just you come across all different shapes and sizes of coaches throughout, you know, all the years. And like I said, you know, some. And I, I'll, I'll give you an example. And, and I, I hope he doesn't mind me using his name here. Uh, Potomac State baseball coach Doug Little. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug knows how to play the game, and I say that in the best way possible because you know, Coach Little. Uh, always accept. I mean, he never denied me anything when I was down at the Kaiser newspaper. Mm-hmm. All access, all the time. Yep. Because he understood there, there's a give and take, right? I, I mean, we say play the game, and yeah, in a way, that's what it is. But it, that, I mean, that's part of it. That's, that's part of the, the the job, the profession, the package. You know. Right. Right. It's it, there's a give and take there, where by you know allowing us media. You know, access to your program, then by the same token, we are giving your program exposure, uh, shining a light on it, and whatnot. Doug was great. He still is. He still Oh, is. yeah. He's good as they come. He's been nothing but great for this uh, area and community. Right. Absolutely. From the moment he he took over. Uh, you know, here's the thing. You, if you charge admission at the gate, you know, that's part of the job then, you know? Right. Right. And, and again, some coaches were... Even, and there were some coaches who were reluctant, whether it's just their personality or they're just doing it on purpose. Right. But most of them still gave us a time, though. Most of them, I would say. Oh, even yeah. if they, even you could tell they're like, oh, boy, here, here come these guys again. They would still eventually give us what we needed to write a story or talk about it on the air or whatever. I agree. I have no complaints. Yeah. Well, I do. I just won't. I won't get into it. Any deeper than we have. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like I said, I, but I, we understand, too, that's part of our job. I, I, it comes I, with territory. I took it for what it was, yeah. no matter what the circumstances. We talked about a, a person earlier off off uh, the air. Uh, he, he always had your his, his hand on your back patting it until you left the room, and then the knife went in it. Right. And it didn't matter who it was. It was everybody. And, uh, you know, I, you could trust him as far as you could throw him. And I'm glad you said that because uh, – this particular individual ripped me one time too. I thought it was just me, but you said yeah, there it, it was everybody. everybody. It didn't matter it who it was. <laughs> there was another coach again, but all, all he did was butter you up when he was with you, right? But as soon as you wrote something that was you no, know, a little it's, untoward, it's not even that. He's just a miserable person. <laughs> right now, people. He doesn't, he do, right he, now, people are just dying. He doesn't that. like. It, he doesn't like himself. So in turn, yeah. he takes it out on everybody around him. You know, as soon as you walk away, he'd say, rrr, 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 you know, and, you know, people he's saying it to will tell you. Right, right, right. It's like, who cares? <laughs> and, I, you know, that was one also a, a, a difficult part of the job is, uh, I don't want to say you become friendly with some of these coaches, but you, you develop, develop a relationship. So you always hate, at least I did, I always hated to write negative things. But sometimes you just had to. Maybe the program wasn't doing well. They had a bad game. Writing the truth. He's writing the truth. Sometimes, though, uh, coaches had a hard time. Some coaches had a hard time accepting uh, those truths. Well, work harder. <laughs> Be smarter. 
Uh, all right, before we get ourselves in trouble, not that it, not that it matters at this point. <laughs> Short time in it, baby, but we'll be respectful. We won't name names, but uh, we'll just we'll we'll move on. We'll go to break. How about that? Okay, and uh, gather ourselves and talk more about people behind their backs. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> off the air, and then we'll come back and just leave it all a mystery for everybody listening right now. All right. Uh, one more break, and we'll come back to wrap up our number one. <laughs> Stick around. 102.1 FM. I miss this shit. <laughs> AM 1230. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Talking about some uh, old encounters with uh, some coaches in the combined whatever it is. I didn't do the math properly, but 50-plus years of media experience, two old heads, two old card-carrying members of the media. Well. I don't know. You said 36 times new. I've been I was 36 since, here, and then I was five years prior to that in D.C., so I have, I have 40. So you have 40, you have and I was just 95, so that's, what, 25, 26? Mm. So, you know, 60, you know, 60 plus years combined, so there you go. Uh, all right, before we uh, get to the top of the hour, Mike, something I talked about yesterday, I wanted to touch touch base with you since we uh, didn't see you yesterday. And Lamar Jackson, who just came off uh, the COVID list for the second time in the last eight months. He missed 10 days of camp, which is mandated by uh, the NFL if you test positive and you're unvaccinated. He was pressed by reporters after Monday's practice, about getting vaccinated. And he's still not sure. He's still on the fence. And I said yesterday, look, it's a personal decision. If you want to get it, fine. If not, whatever. But I would think after you catch it twice, and last year it cost him a game. This time around it's cost him 10 days of camp. Like What happens again if he gets it the third time this is your MVP quarterback. Do you think the Ravens should kind of interject their opinion and say, you know what, Lamar, it's your personal decision, but you might want to, you might want to get this taken care of uh, from a business standpoint? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they they have. I, I'm sure they did uh, over the entire off season. I mean, they're not going to obviously make that public, but uh, right. and they, they can't they're, they can't force them. it personal. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, again, he, you said it, he said it, you know, it's a personal decision and it is certainly, but I, I just believe in the uh, circumstance. I, well, first of all, I, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't get it myself, uh, but yeah, uh, nor I. What, well, we, but we won't, you know, get into that, right. but, but, but particularly the, 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 the position he holds not only being the quarterback, but being the, the leader and the, the the spirit, so to say, of of the entire group, and there are people who are counting on him to be there. And for instance, uh, during my uh, eight hour CNN marathon yesterday <laughs> right. in, in a waiting room, right. uh, this it, it astounded me that the, the 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 number, the percentage of vaccinated football teams in the SEC. Are over ninety percent, like Alabama, they're over ninety percent. Uh, Georgia, 
uh, I can't think of the other. Some one. teams are 100%. Well, Mississippi yeah. is at 100%. And that, to me, is, A, wonderful. It shows that those guys are looking out for each other. And, of course, you know, when you're in a college athlete, you can be leaned on a little more right, than when you're a right. professional athlete. Right. However, uh, yeah, that, to me, shows a real, uh, you know, team – uh, scope and cause, and uh, you know, they're there for each other, doing that in the end for each other. And that Mississippi would have 100%, and, and in that, that any of those schools would, or teams would have the, the percentage they do, given well, look at the, the red areas on the map of highest infected, right, right, unvaccinated uh, uh, populace in the South. Uh, and you know, maybe if they say you, you need to have a vaccination card to get in the stadium, which of course they would never do. Right? Uh, maybe that'll change some minds. I don't know. Yeah. And, but Lamar Jackson, I have no, I can't, I can't even begin to guess. You know why? He, other than it's a personal decision, and he's going to keep it to himself. And you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he he, he can get a, a, a vaccination for another what is. It, Two weeks or something since since he just, he's came off of it. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how I, I that works. But I mean, maybe I. maybe he'll get it and then you know not say anything, keep it personal. I don't know, right? So, uh, but I can't speak for that. But it it, it puzzled me. Yeah, and pl- especially when you consider the NFL has already come out and said this year we're not yeah, postponing. Well, games. yeah, you want a forfeited game? Yeah, you want a forfeited game? They said we're not postponing games this year. If you don't have enough players to play, you lose. I think I think the Ravens have a pretty high. It's ninety. It's over ninety percent. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's over ninety percent. Lamar Jackson just doesn't happen to be one of them. So again, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I said yesterday, I think eventually he will. That enough teammates will lean on him. To, to get it done, but uh, yeah, again, it just it, like you said, it puzzles me. Yeah, why you, especially after getting it twice in eight months? Yeah, Harb said it hit him pretty hard this time too. So, yeah, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. MVP quarterback, you would think, you know, would want to be on the field all the time. Just hope it doesn't cost the Ravens games, maybe even a playoff spot down the road. All right, uh, our number one in the books, our number two on the corner doing push-ups. Stick around, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. All right, uh, reminder, several ways to get involved on the show. Hit us up on Twitter at WCMD Morning Rush. My page at Rush Tony C. Uh, Mike's page at uh, Mike Burke uh, MDT. Facebook at WCMD Cumberland Radio. Rush line is open 301-759-2628. 301-759-2628. And, of course, our podcast page on the free Podbean app. We upload every show every day, minus commercials, just for you in case you missed anything. For instance, if you missed the first hour, uh, Mike and I talked some baseball. We talked the sorry state of the Orioles and Pirates, which we'll get to here in just a bit. Mike and I uh, talking about, in our many, many years in the media, dealing with coaches, uh, both good and bad, just come to territory. Not name a name. I did name a couple names, but in a good way. And then we talked about Lamar Jackson here right at the end of the, uh, the last hour and his still kind of on the fence attitude towards getting the COVID vaccine, even though he's tested positive twice in the last eight months. Now, again, 
just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean you can't get it again. Right. But maybe he doesn't he miss any spread it. Yeah. Maybe maybe he doesn't you know miss any time if he gets the vaccine because he missed a game last year. Then he missed ten days of camp uh, because uh, of him testing positive. So anyway, all that stuff was in the first hour. Check it out on the podcast page. We also talked to Coach Kevin Whiteman, who was kind enough That's right. to call us and bid you a fond adieu. Adieu. And that actually kicked off our discussion about the coaches mm-hmm. because Coach Whiteman called in and you know wished me well and said you know he, he complimented us both on our jobs well done uh, over the past several years. Very kind man. Yes, uh, Whitey's one of the good ones for sure. Uh, all right, and you can, uh, well, I don't know if you want to bid me a do, but you can call and just tell me to go to hell if you want. 301-759-2628. I've been told uh, to do worse in yes, the course I of my life. Imagine so. So uh, thank you for that. As, as, conf- as, as, you, as you have as well. <laughs> Again, uh, it comes with the territory. All right, uh, one final time uh, today. Let's. Let's rock around the region. I want to rock right now. And, uh, Mike, we start in Major League Baseball. Ugh, where we, the, have uh, we have to, unfortunately. The Pirates were trying to snap a five-game losing streak as they hosted the Cardinals last night. The infield at double play depth as Bader pops one and a short center, a base hit. With the infield moved in some, that's a hit, and Arnado scores, stopping at second, Molina. The Cardinals have a 4-1 to lead. And Harrison Bader comes through with his 28th RBI. Calling the Cardinals Radio Network 4-1 the final as the Cards take the first of the three-game series. Hoy Park hit it out of the park, a solo home run for the Pirates, his first major league homer. Uh, That was the good news. Bad news is it was the only hit of the game for the Pirates. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one damn hit. You can't say damn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> uh, is that not one of the more quotable movies? Oh, my, yeah. Especially Harry Doyle from oh, Major League. Particularly Harry Doyle. I mean, my, just a bit outside. Uh, Jay Happ and three relievers combined <laughs> on the one-hitter for St. Louis Pirates. That's it? That's it? One hit? Ah, it doesn't matter. Nobody's listening anyway. Uh, what was the other one? He's like, oh, something about uh, today's broadcast or today's postgame show is brought to you by, and he's like... I can't find it. To hell with it. Another Harry Doyle. Love him, love him. Uh, Pirates have lost six straight and 16 of 21. Elsewhere, the Orioles hosted the Tigers for the first game of their uh, three-game series. They, too, uh, trying to snap a five-game skid, and they, too, did not. 1-2 to Castro. Line to right center field. That's up the gap. Cabrera will score. Goodrum is being waved home, and he will score. Arias dropped it. And Willie Castro motors all the way to third. The call on Bally Sports Detroit. I don't know who that guy is, but I love his voice. I heard a couple clips of that Tigers announcer, and I thought he, I think he has a great voice, which we'll talk about here in just a bit. Uh, nine for the final. Tigers get the win after the team sat through a nearly two-hour rain delay. Uh, Willie Castro double, tripled, and drove in three runs for Detroit. Anthony Santander. Hit two or two solo home runs in English, and DJ Stewart had a solo shot for the O's. And in New York, the Nationals jumped up on the Mets three-one in the first inning on the strength of a three-run homer by Juan Soto, and that's where the game was stopped because of rain. They will pick up the game today in the second inning at four ten, and then play the regularly scheduled game after that. The first game 
will remain a nine-inning game. The second game, because of MLB's pandemic rules, will be shortened to seven innings, which makes uh, programming tonight's station uh, a nightmare for me. But anyway, uh, in high school golf, Mountain Ridge is holding tryouts this morning at 9 o'clock, a few short hours from now. Any interested minor golfers? Should meet, that's M-I-N-E-R, should meet, I guess either way, should meet in the uh, student parking lot. you have any eligibility left, Mike? No. No, okay. Do you golf, Mike? No. Have you ever golfed? No. Okay, there you go. Well, thank you for that. I have golfed, just not very well. I, pro- I probably could not make the Mountain Ridge golf team if I tried. Well, not, no, you couldn't. <laughs> and and you, you wouldn't be allowed to park in the student's parking lot. This is true. This is true. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, when I sold alarm systems in D.C., that was my job before I moved here. Okay. And that was a pretty good job, too. But uh, they had me fitted for clubs. This would have been 1983, 19, fall 83. They fitted me for clubs, and they had two weeks of golf lessons lined up for me that they were paying for, the company was paying for. Nice. Uh, Beltway Alarm. And because uh, they say you'll, you'll close deals on the golf course. Interesting. And so I would have played golf had uh, Jack McMullen and the time, John Bird and the Times News. That time it was the Cumberland Morning News had they not called. And I said, well, can I come start in three weeks instead of two? I'm going to have our free golf lessons. And they said, well, no. <laughs> Golf lessons off the table. About being here in two weeks. So when I put in my two-week notice at the alarm system, they said, well, you can be there in less than one. So, I mean, and, yeah. and I was of no use to them. I was, I, you know. You run away. They, they had to get I know some, how that feels. Well, it was a sales job. They had to get somebody. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, fill the spot. No, right. no hard feelings. But that is would have been why I played golf. But This never came to fruition. It wasn't never, meant to be. No. I have enough frustration in my life. Who knows? That, that 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 could have been, like, you could have been on the PGA Tour. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, hey, still, two free weeks of golf. I'll take that. I need that, for that matter. All right, that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. Let's put that there in uh, file 13, and we move on. I've never taken a golf lesson in my life, although I probably should have again. I've just uh, learned to stink on my <laughs> stink on my own and save some money. Uh, all right, so yesterday, Mike, <clears throat> I was uh, talking about uh, Mike Lang, who the longtime voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, in my opinion, and I'm a little bit biased here, but I still think other people share the opinion. One of the better hockey announcers we've ever we've has ever come down the pike. Sure, and he's a Hall of Famer with the Pens for 46 years, and he announced his retirement on uh, would have been Monday. And you kind of saw it happening. You kind of saw it coming down the pike. Uh, last couple of years, he kind of limited his his games, you know, only home games. And then, of course, the pandemic hit, kind of messed everything up even more. And I admitted that it, it, it broke my heart whenever I, I heard that news mm-hmm. because I'd literally grown up listening to Mike Lang call Penguins games. Yeah. He started in 74, 75, and I was three years old. So my entire life, listening, I spent listening to Mike Lang calling first on TV, and then on radio, mm-hmm. and then I kind of went, you know, took a little trip down memory lane, going all the way back to the days of Jack Fleming, Bob Prince, right, and then uh, 
Myron Cope with the Steelers. He's legendary up there and whatnot. And really, the only one left in Pittsburgh is Bill Hillgrove, who's been the voice of Pitt football since 74 and the Steelers since uh, 94 when he took over for Fleming, I do believe. And so I wanted to ask you, since you weren't here yesterday, who, because I, 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 I said that those guys provided the, the sports soundtrack to my life growing up, young boy, middle school, high school, whatever. Who provided that soundtrack for you? Who were your, because I, I think we always tend to lean towards our hometown guys. You know, so we have, of course we have national icons who we, we immediately relate to, like Al Michaels, and I went down the list yesterday. Mm-hmm. But we gravitate towards our hometown guys. So who were the guys that you listened to growing up, and how did it hit you when they, you know, hung up the headphones for the the last time? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, well, uh, speaking to Mike Lang first. Uh, as you pointed at, first of all, anybody who has the name Mike has heard Michael, Michael motorcycle right. said, you know, right. Right. Sean, Sean over at, uh, Patrick's always would say that to me. And, uh, so you, you know, you, you, you become, whether you're a hockey fan or not, and I'm really not, I, I like it. You, you, you become aware of Mike Lang because as, as the aforementioned, uh, gentlemen you mentioned the the announcers you mentioned lang was uniquely pittsburgh he is uniquely pittsburgh you know and uh in, in much the same vein that uh, johnny most was with mm. the boston celtics you know and there's some similarities there with the gravel voice and but uh yeah mike lang fantastic and uh, uh i grew up listening to chuck thompson and bill o'donnell uh doing the orioles games Occasionally, uh, Charlie Ackman would join them, and uh, old, old basketball official, Baltimore guy, uh, icon. Uh, and on television, of course, you know Chuck Thompson and Brooks Robinson, and um, uh, you know that, that that was pretty much. Of course, Mike. When I was a kid, Brooks was still playing. Right, right. Uh, Chuck Thompson and Bill O'Donnell would probably be the big one. Uh, Chuck Thompson also called the Baltimore Colts games. And uh, Jim Carvellis called the Baltimore Bullets games. He he went on. He went to New York with Earl Monroe. Called Knicks games <laughs> after that. And um, you know, then John Miller came along. The Orioles have have really had some wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't mentioned. I mentioned Miller radio yeah. play by play guys and TV guys and you know um, Mel Proctor and John Lowenstein and. Uh, I, I love Gary Thorne, but uh, my childhood, definitely Chuck Thompson. and It was a big thrill. He, Chuck Thompson and those guys, Bill O'Donnell, they came to Cumberland quite a bit. Oh, yeah? Uh, they played golf at the Cumberland Country Club, mm. and uh, they, they go to the lake. They ate at the Au Petit in Frostburg. Brooks Robinson was here quite a bit. Uh, they bought shoes from my Uncle Mort at Peskins, hmm. downtown Cumberland, and I got to meet all these guys. Really, you know, nice. it, it, doesn't this happen to everybody? You know, <laughs> and uh, they're just, they were just so kind and big time and and you know professional and just gentlemen and it was just wonderful that you know the Orioles and the Colts were were just part of the entire state and they traveled, they did caravans, they just visited, they had friends everywhere, and to me just. 
you know, Chuck Thompson's Ain't the Beer Cold and <laughs> Go to War, Miss Agnes and, you know, The Land of Pleasant Living. I mean, I can hear it now. And, uh, you know, you just appreciated the rhythm of how they did it. You you were used to their rhythm. You, like if O'Donnell, if Bill was doing the game, you, you, you just did to listen to Bill and his home run calls. And um, Chuck was just so smooth. And actually, I think – you know he's a Hall of Fame base. He's in the Hall of Fame because of baseball, but uh, uh, he 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 could call a Colts game like nothing. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it seemed like he it was easier, and he had he was a lot smoother. Such a beautiful voice and complete professional. So Chuck Thompson would definitely be the answer to that. And um, it, it was just wonderful time to be a kid. And conversely, because of we we got the Pirates games here always, but you know Bob Prince was a big part of my life too. Right. Because when you watch the Pirates, you you listen to Bob Prince and Nellie King, and they also made many visits here, Dapper Dan dinners, right. and uh, you know it, it was just wonderful. It was a golden age for broadcasters, and you know I'm not saying the, now it's different, but you know. A lot of those guys in those days didn't go to school to be a broadcaster. Right. You know, they, they learned on their own, and they developed their own unique styles and deliveries on their own. And, you know, now it's kind of, you know, it's it's just an industry in its own self. And uh, it's just different. It's just different time, different game. Uh, different. Well, when I say game, I mean the business. Right. And, uh, you know, it's television. Television dominates all. And. You know, I, I miss any time I can listen to a game on the radio. I will. In fact, I did Sunday, and I'm telling you, Orioles fans, you got to listen to Melanie Newman mm, do play-by-play. Right, yeah. play. She is smooth. She is on target, and her call matches the sounds of the games, and um, she knows her stuff. So, Orioles again. She, uh, they ran Gary Thorne out of town for some reason. but um, Thorne, by the way, another excellent – Hockey announcer. Yeah, he sure Great is. At baseball, but he was because he was he was ESPN's number one when they mm-hmm. back in the day when they had the NHL. Yeah, and he was he and uh, well I can't remember the old uh, Bill Clement. There was there was the number number one uh-huh. team uh, NHL, and they were fantastic. Yeah, well, and baseball. I mean, to me, uh, Gary Thorne is his voice. I I call it the sound of summer. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and isn't it funny how those voices just become ingrained? Yep. You know, because we could be here. We caught over and over and over, almost to the point where you said you did meet some of them, but almost to the point where you feel like you know them personally mm-hmm. without well, ever having. You that, know, that's a, that's a, that's what a, 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 your hometown announcer, your you know a, somebody you're accustomed to and used to, and like you say, it's all part of the rhythms and uh, you know world and life of uh, baseball, you know. Yeah, and that, you know, growing up in Southwest PA, man, you talk about listening to it on the radio. That's what you did. Steelers came on. You turned the TV down. Mm-hmm. Mainly because we couldn't stand half the national announcers anyway. I hated Don Cricky with a passion. But you turned the TV down and you put on the Steelers broadcast. And, of course, I'm going back to middle school, high school days when Hillgrove took over. Uh, yeah, it was Hillgrove in 94. Before that, it was uh, Fleming. Then Myron Cope came on the scene. And Myron Cope, you, mm. talk, you, you talk about the the anti, what you just described as like smooth. And yeah. Cope was, he had a voice like a cheese grater. Yeah. But he just had that personality. 
that he eventually became, as you described Mike Lang, just truly Pittsburgh. Uniquely Pittsburgh. Uniquely Pittsburgh. And he was an icon up there. And I, I think if you didn't live in Pittsburgh or you didn't follow the Steelers and you heard Myron Cope, it, you, your ears probably bled. Yeah, probably. And it was like, my goodness, where did this guy come from? But he was so unique. He was so different. His voice was so different. All of his catchphrase, oi and double yoy, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just all the nicknames he'd give the Cleveland Browns and the Bengals. The, he called them the, I always called them the Bungles, mm-hmm. all right, the Cincinnati Bungles. But Cope was, he was legendary. But you could tell when his days were coming to an end. You can tell when the voice, as grating as it was, was no longer there. Mike Lang was kind of the, it was kind of the same way. You could tell when the voice wasn't quite there. Although, I will say this, and I mentioned this yesterday. Like, if you heard, in the past couple of years, if you heard Mike Lang do, like, a, just an interview or, like, a commercial or whatever, you could tell his voice was just shot. But come puck drop, game time, boom, he was right back into it. He was He would call a flawless game. And just like Cope, of course, Myron Cope, he's, he's since passed away. But whenever he retired, it was just like a gut punch because that's just, they were part of your life. life. Yeah, they're part of your life for, for years and years and years. Like they were, like they always talk about the old newscasters, they would be in your living room every night. Well, in football, of course, it was once every week. And Lang was the same way. And whenever you, and, it's just I don't I don't quite know how to describe it, but I guess it just signifies the passing of time and that you're getting older when you when you hear these voices of your youth uh, call it quits or or hang it up because again there's really nobody left in Pittsburgh all respect to the guys who are doing it now, but there's nobody left and for years even after Cope uh, retired. The Steelers, uh, Tunch Ilkin, former Steeler, was there in the broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. He just called a quiz because he was recently diagnosed with ALS. So he had to call a quiz. So that's another voice that's kind of, you know, gone uh, from yesteryear, I guess you want to say. But it's just, yeah, it's funny how you listen to these guys growing up and and they just become part of your life and, and you get to kind of know them. And then they just, like anything else, everything just comes to an end. And like you mentioned, uh, you, well, it was like my mind just Chuck Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever, like when did he give it up? When did he? Can you remember roundabout when he uh, called it quits? He stopped doing radio. I think after the '82 season, John Miller came here in Baltimore in '83. Okay. He still did some TV. Chuck did still did TV for a few years with Brooks. Uh, just heard here from Coach Tim Foley, and uh, he he points out when when I meaning he grew up in the NFL. You were a Colts fan or a Redskins fan here. Right, and, absolutely. And he said Steeler fans didn't didn't come about till they started winning. <laughs> I'm saying middle 70s. Well, he's right. It's 100% right. I mean, yeah, not where you grew up. Well, yeah. Not where you grew right, up. But, right. but here, here, yeah. Sure, this, sure. This is, I, I mentioned this in this column I wrote about Dick Graham. This was a Colts town, you know, uh, and uh, the Immaculate Reception created it. An awful lot of Steelers fans <laughs> right, around here, right. and uh, you know, and I get it. And and the Steelers have certainly not disappointed since that time, right? right. But uh, you know, the Steelers, uh, 
uh, you could hear Jack Fleming starting to tail off, mostly with the West Virginia games towards the end. Ah, okay. That's right. He did. That's and right. West Virginia and the Steelers really got great replacements. I, I enjoy listening to the Steelers games on the radio when I do now. Right, right. right. And, uh, you know, Tony Creedy does West great Virginia. Job. He's, he's yeah, a, he's a great pro. Job. In every Absolutely. Way. Absolutely. And, of course, the Redskins, uh, this, it would have been, I think, Mal Campbell used to do it like when Coach Foley and I were growing up. And uh, and, and Frank Herzog, Sonny Jurgensen, right. Sam yeah. Huff, they had, they had <laughs> such a great run. Oh, boy, Frank Herzog, he, 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 he did Redskins play-by-play or football team play-by-play like it was, he was a concert pianist. He mm. was he was just fantastic, and of course Dan Snyder ran him off, <laughs> like he does everybody else. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah that little man <laughs> syndrome, like Peter Angelos has. Oh shoot, yeah, they had the, that uh, the Washington crew. I guess got to be correct about it now. Was fantastic that that the trio in the booth there. But uh, again, voices of our lives, right? Voices yep. of our lives, growing yep. up, and I think of you know, I think a little C now. Greg Brown is his voice. Yeah. You know, the ever excitable uh, Greg yes. Brown. You know, that's, uh, you know, whenever Greg Brown decides to hang it up, uh, Little C is going to feel the same way that I felt. You know, of course, back, uh, Pirates would have been Lanny for Terry for me uh, back in the day, old Pirates broadcaster. Yeah, well, yeah, I forgot about Lanny. Yeah, yeah. Lanny, who's now, again, I think he's co- he's, think he's teaching at Waynesburg College in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. right now, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, all right, so there you go. This is a little trip down memory lane. Again, Mike Lang, one of the best uh, to ever do it. Something I found out yesterday, by the way, that Doc Emmerich, one of maybe one of the greatest hockey announcers, yeah. he and Lang both interviewed for that Penguins job back in the day, and Lang got it over Emmerich. Oh. So there you go. Little little information for you there. All right. Time for a break. News Did and not we- know that. <laughs> now you do. News and weather coming up, and back with more. Stick around. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Morning Rush rolls on. Tony C in the big chair, the venerable one, Mike Burke. I believe uh, I erred. You, oh, he erred. erred. How did you err? I said Mal Campbell used to do the Washington football team's games. Maybe he did, but I think it was actually Len Hathaway. Okay. Because Mal Campbell did the Maryland games. Ah, I see. But maybe he did both. I, so I really don't know. Okay. Yeah, and, and in the words of another broadcasting legend, Clifton Van Ruby, why? Why we simply don't know. <laughs> well, I'm glad we get that straightened out uh, as we move on. Somebody called the games for Washington back in the day. Chances are it was one of those two guys. We know that for sure. All right, so, uh, Mike, if you're like me, uh, you are very excited. And no, I, I, say, I say this I in all. Not like you at all. Then. I know, and, and be thankful that you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not excited. Uh, <laughs> I say this with a complete sarcasm. Uh, the coaches poll came out yesterday, the ah. preseason coaches poll in college football, which means, you know, college football is right around the corner. Yes, 18 days we 18 hear. days until the season kicks off. And I know this may come as a shock, so, Mike, make sure you're sitting down. I am. You are. Alabama is the overwhelming preseason number one. I know it's a shocker. Who would have thought it? The defending national champs received 63 of the 65 uh, first-place votes for the second straight year. And, again, this is a big problem I have with college football because it's the same teams every single year. Mm-hmm. Second straight year, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State all ranked in the top four mm-hmm. 
of the preseason poll. Uh, Clemson is second. Oklahoma's third. Ohio State is fourth. Uh, Oklahoma received the other uh, two first-place votes. Uh, Georgia is fifth. Texas A&M is sixth, giving the the SEC three teams in the top six. Again, I know, shocking development. Soon to be four. (laughs) That's right, Oklahoma. Notre Dame is seventh. Iowa State is eighth. North Carolina is ninth. And Cincinnati uh, rounds out the top ten. And I feel like Texas A&M is ranked in a preseason top ten every single year. And they just never live up to the expectations. They're just one of those teams that always it gets preseason hype, and they always just kind of fall short. They end up with three, four losses every year. Maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. Is it just me? It probably is. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they those losses are probably SEC losses. Well, right? I'm sure. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, September 4th, by the way. Uh, Clemson will take on Georgia in Charlotte. So we have a top six matchup right out of the gate. Uh, Also on September 4th, which, again, is closer than you think, uh, Alabama opens the season against number 16 Miami, Florida, in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Louisiana Lafayette, the juggernauts, the raging Cajuns, Mm. and Coastal Carolina both ranked in a preseason top 25. Louisiana's 23rd, Coastal 24th. As you might imagine, Mike, uh, Pitt, West Virginia, Maryland, uh, nowhere near uh-huh. the preseason top 25. The closest one is Pitt, which received a whopping six votes for the uh, top 25. Mountaineers received four of the Terps, not a single vote yeah. for the preseason poll. With a breakdown. So Mike and I can sit back and relax and talk about people off the air. With a break <laughs> with a breakdown of the coaches poll, Mike, your boy Cole Kublick. Cole Kublick. Yes. Of the SEC network was on with uh Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night. It depends on this. And this is this is what you never know. Are you ranking who you think are the best teams right now? Like, are you giving me who you think is the best overall team, the third best overall team, the 10th best overall team? Or are you looking at the schedules and telling me and ranking teams where you think they're going to finish the season? Because I think those are two totally different things. Because look at a, like, let's say, look at a team like Auburn who has to play Alabama, has to play Georgia, has to play Texas A&M. Uh, they have to play at Penn State in a whiteout on the road at night. They got to play LSU. Hadn't won there since I was playing, and I'm old. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> if, if Brian Harson goes 8-4, and four, that's a top 25 football team in my opinion. But you're going to have a lot more two and three loss teams are going to be ranked ahead of them. So, you know, I, I think that you have two ways of ranking teams right now, and they're not all the same. So sometimes it's hard to sort of pick apart. Um, this particular poll, I think once you get past 18, they're all about the same. I mean, if you're going to sit here and try to convince me that Texas really deserves to be 19, uh, I'm going to ask you how and why. Uh, I mean, I would have Louisiana Lafayette ahead of Texas. I might consider Coastal Carolina ahead of Texas. I have no idea why Oklahoma State's ahead of those two teams. So, I mean, I, I, I don't, I think once you get past Miami, Indiana, Iowa in this poll, those teams are all about the same, so I don't think it really matters if you come in at 19, 25, or you're one of the first few teams voted out. I can see Utah, by the way. I'm big on Utah, man. Uh, I can see. Them. I'm a big Charlie Brewer guy. I think he's accurate. I think he has better yep. wheels than people give him credit for. Yeah, I think Lloyd, he's tough. You know, I mean, yeah, going I, down the list, man, I mean, they got players, and then no one's talking about him, and when they're, no one's talking about a Kyle Whittingham team, you know what happens? 
Look up in the top ten of the Utes, right? I mean, I mean so watch well, out. Here's the, hard, here's the hard part about this year, Ian, as far as I'm concerned. And, and I think, and I've talked to some other folks that, that, that rank teams, I, I will never enter my name into a top 25 poll because – I just don't think it's humanly possible to watch that much football. And I watch a hell of a lot of football, <laughs> yeah. just to be honest True. with you guys. I, I, I watch agree. a ton. And yeah. it's just, it's, you can't do it. You can't get through. I mean, I can barely get through a league week to week in the games that I cover. And well, much less go watch the rest of the teams that I consider might be in the top 25. So I think it's hard. This year, you take into account the super seniors, the, just the amount of transfers, big name transfers that we've seen, guys that started and played and were heavy contributors and very successful at Power 5 teams going to other Power 5 teams, and then the subtraction of some of those players on certain teams, then throw in a recruiting class on top of that, and, oh, by the way, you just got to go through a spring practice. You're going to have a much normal fall practice. You've actually been able to go out and hold some seven-on-seven and throw with your guys, and the defense has been able to work together and do some different things. All of those are going to lead to someone more than one, somebody, a bunch of bodies, a bunch of people, a bunch of teams being better than we thought they were going to be because that experience and that development is going to be massive. So it's because of what these teams have at their disposal to be able to develop and just flat out be around one another, guys. That's going to make this season very different than a lot of us anticipate. All right. So, look, I know it's a preseason poll, Mm -hmm. which means absolutely nothing. I think that's pretty much what Cole said. Yeah. Uh, but, when, you know, when it's early August and your baseball team stink, yes, uh, the NFL preseason not quite underway, you got to talk about something. And I know people pay attention to the polls, whether they're useless or not. People yeah, look at the oh, polls. Sure I mean, they're, it's, a great, it's a great conversation point. Yeah, I agree. Which is why we let Cole talk about it and not us. Well, so I we don't have to. I didn't say they were bad things. <laughs> but, yeah, usually – and he said that like after you get past the top 18, they're all the same. I would even shorten that number. And it's the reason why I've kind of been turned off by college football. Because it's the same. After the top seven or eight, forget about it. Like, like we know like right now, uh, August, what is this, 11th? At 742 in the a.m., that the team that I follow, Pitt, the team that a lot of people follow around here, West Virginia and Maryland, they have zero shot at a national championship there. Zero. That's true. No, That's pretty much the case every year. And that's what I mean. It, it's. I understand that the college football playoff has made things more interesting because you get more teams involved. But even then, same four teams. Well, I think and, go ahead. of all time, in all time, you know, Maryland, of course, won one in 53. They won a national championship. Right. I mean, Pitt won one in '76, and I think West Virginia has had two 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 appearances shots right. at right. it. Uh, and the first one, not really a shot at all, because they I don't care if Major Harris got hurt or not, they weren't beating that Notre Dame right. team. No, in the I Fiesta agree 100 percent. Right. And uh, the second one, of course, to me, they were a shoe in to win the national championship. And I know no one really wants to hear this this morning, but that Pitt game, thirteen nine. Yeah, that's all you got to mention. That was the final score. And, and yeah, thirteen nine, and that. I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind West Virginia would have won the national championship that year. You just you just upset a whole lot. <laughs> you just made somebody drive off the road bringing that up. But yeah, you're right. They were a powerhouse that year, and because they went on to uh, didn't they destroy Oklahoma in the bowl game after that yeah. big game? 
Yeah, that was Bill Stewart got got him his contract. Right, right. That's, that's right. But you're right. Boy, they had a really good chance. Luther. And, and uh, <laughs> that's right. But uh, yeah, they lost. Uh, now, now Maryland had some fantastic teams in the Bobby Ross years. And, yeah. Uh, and then they had you know semi chance at being the hunt. In fact, Sport had them ranked number one in the preseason one hmm. year. I'll be done. And uh, yeah, Ralph had some really good teams, but not. National, not national. Caliber, yeah, let's say most teams don't teams. have. Yeah, and, and but that's, that, yeah. that's my point. Yeah, it's going to be the same seven eight, and I think Cole did a nice job answering your Texas A and M issue. You know, with Auburn, but they got to play Alabama. <laughs> you know, Alabama, yeah. LSU, uh, Penn. Go to Penn State. Yeah, at nighttime. Well, that'd be a good game, by the way. Auburn, Penn State. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll be. It cool. Should be anyway. But uh, see, even when I, when I talk about that, I get excited. That should be a really good game. But overall, again, unless you're a fan of five or six teams, you're just hoping for a good bowl well, game. Yeah, you're right. You're hoping for a good bowl game. That's pretty much. You're hoping for maybe you win your conference. Maybe you're in the discussion for the college football playoff. Or maybe you're in the top 10 of the playoff ranking. Maybe you want your team to, you know, that's, I guess. Good, as a good, <clears throat> yeah. successful season. That's your angle, right? Yeah. But as far as winning a title, forget about it. Ninety-eight percent of the teams before the season starts have no chance. What, what what is Clemson ranked? Second, of course. Oh, they're second. Okay. Yeah, even after losing Trevor Lawrence, because teams like that now they just they reload. Alabama reloads. Other factories. Clemson re- reloads. Ohio State reloads. It's just it's over and over again. Well, I mean, just that's where kids want to go, right. and you know, you build a winner, people want to play for and, a winner. You know, Ohio State, uh, you know. Well, they have the brand, right? You know? I mean, these teams have the brand at that level, and uh, you know. And now with the uh, the name, image, and likeness thing coming in, yeah, well, that brand's going to even be worth more uh, to players because the bigger the brand, the bigger the sponsorship, and the bigger yeah. money. Yeah. Which again, it always circles back <laughs> to money yeah, for everybody but us. It's- That's right. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> you are correct, sir. All right. One uh, final break, and back to wrap things up, I want to bring up before we leave the new nickname for Valparaiso. You'll never believe uh, what it is. You'll never believe what it is. Okay. That's coming up next. Stick around. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. And I teased it before the break. Uh, <laughs> this is just amazing. Valparaiso, mm-hmm. Valparaiso, however you want to pronounce it, uh, recently changed his nickname, Mike. Yes. Uh, they used to be uh, the Crusaders. But uh, because that name made a few people at the school think of violence. Oh, my God. And aggressive religious oppression. Are we going to rewrite the Bible? Uh, <laughs> that's next on the list, on the checklist. Uh, the school yesterday announced its new nickname. And, Mike, I can give you 100 guesses I guarantee you'll never figure out what their new nickname is. Okay. Say hello to the Valparaiso Beacons, as in Beacons of Light. Yeah. The school, the school's motto is "In Thy Light We See Light." So they decided, they settled from nearly one thousand suggestions from students, faculty, staff, etc. Uh-huh. They chose the Beacons. 
I like it. I do not. I think is one of the dumbest nicknames I've ever heard in my entire life. Because the new logo, oh, by the way, mm. is a lighthouse. Yeah. And in case you don't know, Valparaiso is in Indiana, which is completely surrounded by land. Now, I understand that people put lighthouses on lakes and stuff like that. Right. But the fact that their logo in a landlocked school is a lighthouse <laughs> and they are the beacons, I hate it with a passion. Maybe more so because of why they changed it to yeah. what they changed it to. And I saw one guy on Twitter. <laughs> he said he's going to refer to them now as the Beeman Beacons, which, of course, is a play on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, uh, which I'm shocked that hasn't been attacked yet, which maybe that's on the list as well. Well, maybe. But uh, I, <laughs> the Beacons don't exactly strike fear in the heart of opponents when you're getting ready to take on the fighting beacons of Valparaiso. Could be a pretty bright light. I just, it irks me to no end. And again, maybe it's just because of why they changed it. And it has something to do with also, I guess, uh, some uh, very bad groups in this country where they're kind of using the the Crusades and the Crusaders Mm -hmm. as like, they they don't want to be affiliated with that, you know. I can't help that. So I life's too short to be irked. True, but sometimes you just can't help it. You can't help but be irked. And I also find it funny that, of course, we talk about uh, the the Crusades and the religious oppression that a Lutheran school like Valparaiso would have chosen Crusaders in the first place. Mm. Just throwing that out there. So starting, I, I don't know. They have a football team. I have no clue. I don't. Know. I know them because of basketball. Sure, that's where everybody knows them. And the one big play they made years and years ago in the tournament, the, the, the Drew kid against Ole Miss. But starting whatever season come up next, you can just say hello, put your money down, get all the gear available in the team shop with the lighthouse and everything, yeah, the Valparaiso beacons. Anyway, you like it. I don't. I do, yeah. I don't. I think Maybe it's... they should have changed the, the Valparaiso part. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I, well, it's the name of the town is Valparaiso, oh, okay. Indiana. I don't know if the school was named after the town or what, but yeah, that's also a weird kind of. Because people say you know they call it Valpo for short. But Valpo, yeah, whatever. Take the V off, and that's what you have uh, for their nickname. Anyway, uh, <laughs> as we get out of here, did you watch any of the Hall of Fame stuff last weekend? One one minute to no. go here. No zero, not a stitch. I saw highlights and everything, and you know social media hits. Not yeah, a big. It looked like a lot of fun though. It was a jam-packed weekend because you had last year's class and this year's mm-hmm. class. Yeah, I watched a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, it. it looked like it was pretty cool. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I saw Paul Malo in his induction speech and uh, Isaac Bruce and a couple others. But yeah, I really don't uh, spend a whole lot of time mm-hmm. watching that. I know a lot of people do. What was that Saturday and Sunday? Saturday and Sunday. Have you ever been, by the way, to? No, neither have I. I've been to Cooperstown and I absolutely loved it. Everybody I know that goes to Canton has enjoyed it, but right. it's like okay, that's off the list. Yeah, see, I, I, that's if I ever go, it'll be just because I feel an obligation to go. Yeah, <laughs> because it's easy to get to. Yeah, it's what uh, it's about two hours from Pittsburgh, so from here, I don't know, like three, the interstate, three and a half. I've yeah, been told, so. yeah, get, get on seventy and just head west, young man. But uh, yeah, never been. I've never been to an. I've never been to Cooperstown or anything. Maybe with uh, all this free time coming up, uh, maybe I'll you well, know you, you a get, little road trip. Get on 
70, head west, and just follow the lighthouses. Follow. <laughs> Uh, that's a great way to wrap up today's show. Amanda's coming up next. Try stay today. Stick around for that. Mike, thank you as always. Thank you. See you back here tomorrow morning. And the beacon of The knowledge. beacon of light and knowledge that we are. 6 a.m. sharp tomorrow. See you then. This is the Morning Rush. I am Tony C. That's Mike Burke. And we are done. Bye.